We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back to another episode of Spilling the LT. I'm your host, Tamara Gady, Director of Collin County Sales for Lawyer's Title. I'm very excited about the guests that I have on the show with me today because I've been having a lot of conversations with my realtor friends, and we've got concerns about buying power in 2022. So I brought with me today two of my really valued lender partners, and let me start by introducing Stephen Jackson. He's the regional VP of LHM Financial, and I also have with me today Leo Timmons. He is a senior loan officer and runs a manager of his team, Timmons. Um, mortgage, and they are together a combined of 45 years of experience. Both have received top producer awards and are extremely knowledgeable in their field, so I'm very excited to welcome them to the show today. Leo, Stephen, thank you so much for coming with me today on this little ride we have, and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. Let me tell you why. I have a lot of conversations with my realtor friends all of the time, and the new the new concerns for 2022 are buying power, right? With inflation rising and interest rates starting to tick up, even though we know they're just ticking up a little bit, it's still for the buyer or the consumer in DFW, it's a challenge for them to try to figure out what is their buying power and what do they need to be doing to separating themselves and winning offers, right? And I've said this time and time again, My biggest concern in this market in DFW is all of our relocation buyers coming Mm -hmm. and they've got tons of extra cash. They're able to create these crazy multiple offer situations with tons of money over ask. And what does that do to first time home buyers, buyers in Texas? And how do we keep our first time home buyers buying homes? And how do we keep Texans in homes, right? So, you know, this this has been a common vein of of conversation for the last year and a half, two years, right? Right. But right now, our inventory is so tight again. It's just so tight. And we're starting to see those crazy, crazy offers again. And so I wanted, it was really important for me to bring you guys on board because I wanted you to address two major topics. That first one being, how do we get and keep first-time homebuyers into homes? But also, how do we overcome objections pertaining to the current market. So Stephen, if it's okay, sure. I'd like to start with you. Okay. And so the question I have for you is, is how, how do we position our buyer's agents to overcome objections with their buyers in this market? Because they are trying to have the challenging conversation about interest rates are rising, your buying power is reducing. So how are you coaching realtors to have that conversation with their buyers? Well, um, I want to first thank you for having us. Of course. Uh, Lawyer's Title is a fantastic partner, and Kelly and and your entire staff does a great job. Thank you for Uh, that. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And I think it's important to use the word partner. You know, people realize that it's so valuable to have uh, not only a title company as a partner, but each and every realtor that we have has to be a partnership, number one. Every offer that we write up or we evaluate when we get a first-time home buyer or if it's even a, a, a previous homeowner, it is so competitive right now that if we as a lender are not representing that agent and being an extension of what they have to offer to their clients, it never really works. Local lenders play such a key role in an offer to a seller. When The number one thing that I I see is that once we've gone through the education process and once we've gone through the vetting process of getting that potential buyer actually approved up front, that approval goes a long, long way. We've got people in our pipelines that have, have been approved for 30 days. They've been approved for 45 days. They've been approved for two weeks. It's just a variable while they're shopping to try to find that right product, right? Well, being fully approved allows us, when the time is right, to reach out to that listing agent and say, listen, I know that you may have gotten 20, 25 offers on this transaction, but I want to assure you that the buyer from this particular offer has been approved up front. Employment has been vetted. Assets, we know these people. They're just as good as cash. And nine times out of 10 now, we're seeing appraisal waivers. So from a seller's standpoint, 
they're looking at it as that's how something they can compete with, with some of the things that you address, the people coming in from out of state or people in state that do happen to have a lot of cash that can offer over list price. Mm -hmm. The importance for things like that lenders really need to go through that I'm seeing that some of these bankers are not doing, um, online bankers and so forth. Don't you ruin my script. Online bankers is coming. That's fine. Don't be dipping and into I'm the future here. And I'm not talking bad about anybody. <laughs> I'm not talking bad about anybody. No, I don't want to talk about but online bankers yet because I, I do want to. I will say the offers aren't being just, offers in general aren't being reviewed. Sure. So I think it's really important that we step up our game and we defend our buyers and our buyer agents with the listing agent and make sure that they understand that they can reach out to us 24 seven and that we can close these loans on time. We've had some offers come to us because we, we were able to close them in 15, 17 days from the date of the contract. Um, that's a huge plus, but being able to do that is because we have a great team locally and a good partnership with our particular agents. Sure. And I kind of dived right in, right? And I went straight to a topic and, okay. and, and not laying out necessarily the background about your company and then how you guys came to be. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's one of, it, we will be talking about these things, online list, li lenders versus local lenders. But, um, and I think you guys expressing, you know, your care with clients and how you want to make sure that everybody gets to the closing table, get to the closing table on, on time is a big factor because that is one of the major delays that that will delay closing, yeah. right? Is the lender not having all of the doc prep, you know, everything finalized before we get to the closing table. Right. And so we want to make sure they're always partnering with lenders that are making sure that the client is first and making sure that they're they're leaving a great satisfaction um you know rating with their clients yeah. and with the also with realtors because you sure. know that's where we get our repeat business yep. from right we sure do and so we always want to take great care of the realtor and so i have a big appreciation for for how much care you uh, exhibit when you're when you're working with clients and and it definitely comes across um with our team and then also with the feedback that we get from our mutual clients. Sure. So thank you very much for always being one of the top, you know, lender partners for us. And we sure. very much appreciate that. No um, so kind of going back a little bit, though, I do want you to talk about how we're having buyer conversations right now. Because, you know, buyer's agents are trying to figure out how to talk to their buyers as interest rates rise, right? right. So how are you coaching agents right now to have those conversations with their clients and keep things moving down the road for them? Well, you know, one of the things I'm trying to educate them on is that the rates really haven't moved that much. I think that's key because right. everybody thinks that they're it's going to the end of the world. Yes. Armageddon. Yes. Yes. And it's not. It's not. I mean, in 1980, my mother paid 17%. My dad tells me that all the story okay. all of the time. In the 90s, we're talking in the 10s. Yep. When I started out in the industry, we were selling 12%. And when I bought my first home, it was 5.75. So from somebody, you know, I understand on paper, it may look strange to go from 2.875 to currently being at four or four and an eighth. But at the end of the day, it's not that much difference in payment. And I think that's important. It's so not that much how difference much, in payment. Uh, ish. Well, how for, much are we talking? You know, I've always used the rule of thumb about every $10,000 is close to, you're going to be within $100 or down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if the interest rate goes up a full percent, if we've gone from three to to 4%, you know, you may be within that, that range. It's not that. So we're talking difference. about a, less than a hundred bucks, bucks yes. different in your payment. Yes. Now, so the larger the home, you're going to have a vast difference. That's sure. something you have to have to sit down, sure. but that's not normally your first time home buyer. That's a repeat that's understands and been in the market and bought homes before. But these first time home buyers have to understand not only today, if that interest rate goes up, um, if it's at 4%, they're going to have options. They can purchase the rate down through discount points, which is our job to educate them on, yeah, right? Sure. Um, and even if the seller doesn't want to contribute towards assisting in some of these additional costs right now, it is just a part of life that makes it worth, is the client going to be there for a few years? Are they going to be there long enough to recoup that extra money up front to keep the rate lower? Those are things that they can look at. Second option is you can present them what we call fixed rate arms, where it gets back into the adjustable rate market, but fixed rates are 
actually fixed for three years, or maybe they're fixed for five years, or maybe they're fixed for seven years or 10 years. Right now, that market has not been as competitive sure. as just looking at a 30-year. Yeah. But you can compare if the debt ratio is worth it that sometimes maybe a 30-year works or even a 20-year works. The lower the term goes, the better the price goes. So it's our job to educate the buyer with all the different options that they have with interest rates and allow the agent, because they've got a tough enough battle just trying to sell an app you know, to get them to make an offer for an asset that may be listed at $1 figure, and they're having to offer more for that asset. Oh, way more. So that's a totally different. Yeah. So you've got rates that gone up and you've got the price of the asset that's gone up. So as the, what's nice is, is that most of our agents have told us, and Leo can probably support me on this. I've actually had agents say, I've got my hands full enough as it is, right? Behind the scenes, trying to explain to my buyers why we're having to offer this. Yep. And we may lose out on a few houses in the beginning because the buyers don't want to listen to that yep. because it's so different for, sure. for them. But it's hard to thank, wrap your yeah. head around it. But thank you, thank you for keeping them calm. And thank you for showing them that it's really not that much difference because it makes a big, big difference to the agent to not have to worry about, do I also need to do the lender's job? Sure, and I think you just gave us two really good golden nuggets in this conversation. The first one is what this difference in interest rate right. equates to in a monthly it's payment, not that much right? Yeah. It's not that much. Although, you know, there is going to be some pushback because they are giving all their assets to, to write these over ask offers mm -hmm. and everything under, you know, their kids and firstborn and cars yes. and, <laughs> you know, whatever to get into these houses. Yeah. And so it is, you know, it is a concerning conversation for a buyer locally, but also at the same time, with as much money that you are spending to get into a house, once you start looking at your monthly mortgage payment, all the dust is settled on all this crazy, you know, outpouring of cash. You know, if you've got less than a hundred dollar difference on your mortgage payment, that's really palatable versus, you know, this just mystery number yes. of an, an extra percent, right. right? That's correct. Um, I have bought down interest rates before with houses and it has obviously helped my, my monthly payment. I think, you know, kind of the counter that is we've got to, you know, we have to, we have to balance that with the rising tax rates, yeah. right? Because you see these incredible jumps in tax rates, but also if you live in a mud, pid, pud, sud, yep. all the, all, all the uds, yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you definitely, you're not getting educated. Thank God, uh, track came out with the required pid form. If yep. you live in a pid, now that you have to have disclose to, it. Yes. And so that gives buyers a more beware kind of notice yep. about what they're walking into, but the rest of them don't really have any kind of education. And, and, and it's not something that's really talked about through the buying process. No. So kind of getting back to the golden nuggets here, I think the first one obviously is the what that equates to in dollars, right? right. Less than a $100 monthly mortgage payment difference isn't that big of a deal, no. right? And then the other part that I thought was really valuable to my realtors was the part where you said, um, let the lender do their job because that's what you're here for. You're here to partner with the realtor to help the buyer get to the closing table, right? right. And so I don't necessarily know that a realtor needs to be 100% equipped with they all don't. ways to overcome objections through the buying process. If they partner with a good, good lender like you two, they're going to have someone in their corner to help guide the, the buyer through these sorts of conversations, right? right. I, the phrase, stay in your lane. Right, stay in your lane. So, <laughs> me and I say it all the time. And that means us too, staying out of the sure. agent's lane. I mean, we have to. Yeah, we have I understand. To. And so it's so hard but not that's, to. That's where the kind of trifecta comes from with the rent, the realtor, the buyer, uh, yes. excuse me, the realtor, the lender, and the title company is we all are in a partnership together to get the, that buyer to the closing table. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, what this actually equates to in dollars, and then also making sure that you're working with the right lender so they can guide your buyer on overcoming these objections, I think, are the two huge main, uh, points that have come out of this yeah. part of the conversation. So, anything else that you would, you think yeah. that is, necessary or Leo, you too, either well, one. Well, I was going to leave it. I'll leave this to Leo because he, he does a little bit more of this than I do, but it's creativity. The buyers will come in because they've been told by their parents or the buyers have been told, you know, you got to remember, you got to do it this way. You can't pay PMI. You can't do this. You can't do that. Right. And a buyer who's never bought a home in the first place comes in and makes their demands to us. Right. And we, and we have to listen. That's why God gave us two ears. But at the end of the day, we come back and say, okay, I hear you. But what if 
What if the appraisal comes in low? What are you going to do about this appraisal waiver? Sure. Well, what do you mean? And then we have to explain that, the gap difference between, well, our loan's going to be based off the appraised value if it comes in lower. And if you don't have enough cash to offset that to go back to the sales price that you offered, you've got a problem. So your 20% that you want to put down, guess what? It ain't going to work. Maybe you do have to do 90% with PMI. But guess what? There's this perceived notion again that PMI makes the payment so crazy. Well, if you're at 90 or 85%, it's not that expensive. So at the end of the day, you're getting to value, use the value of your money for something else. And you're not having to use every penny in savings to get yeah. into this house if there is a gap. So creativity is number one. And number two, there's other options out there. If it's not doing a higher LTV with PMI, maybe it is leaving it at 80. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's leveraging a grant with the state of Texas. Yes. And Leo can talk about that. Well, kind of touch base on that too. You know, we, we do always have buyers come in and they're like, oh, hey, I want a conventional loan. And it, you know, they may be a 620 credit score, you know, on top of that. That's all we know. Conventional yeah. loan, conventional right. yeah, loan, conventional, conventional loan. loan. You know, the, <laughs> the, the mortgage, mortgages does not revolve just around a conventional loan. Correct. And that's, that's where we come in. And, you know, we have to explain to the buyers, you know, an FHA loan may be better for this buyer. No one is ever the same. Right. Um, so going conventional or FHA, USDA, VA, you know, that's where we come in and we want to make sure that we're providing that the best service to our clients and not just taking what, you know, like you said, mom and dad told me that I need, I need to do a conventional loan in this. Well, but I, I know that there's a lot of pushback in the market because cash is king, right? Mm -hmm. Not always, but a lot. Yep. And then second up is your conventional loan. And then the VAs and the FHAs are getting tabled as far as yes. when, when agents are reviewing offers and deciding who they're going to Which I think is ridiculous. With. And I will say it again. It's ridiculous. Okay. Well, tell me why. It's ridiculous because that it's, again, staying in your lane. If we can close the loan on time and we can tell them that they've been approved up front, VA, why would you not do that for a veteran? Right. Why? The veteran's the reason that you have your freedom. Mm -hmm. The veteran's the reason that we're here, what we are today. I mean, take care of the veteran. Just and if, and if you're concerned about it, what condition is your home you're selling? What are you hiding? That starts raising red flags, in my opinion. I don't know if I want to buy your house. That's what I would think as a buyer. And I hate to say it that way, but that's what it does. And it offends people. And so a VA loan is not bad. A VA loan, really, when the appraisal goes out, it's really looking for safety. Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. You may have to scrape some mulch from the back, from the side of your brick foundation. Why are you doing that? Termites? Oh, well, we didn't want that uncovered. Oh, well, I'm real sorry. That's a $150 inspection fee. I mean, there's little things like that that make a big difference. But for the buyer, it's 100% financing. And he's a veteran or she's a veteran. And I absolutely don't disagree with you here. But realization is you're right. It's getting tabled. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I have a retired Marine it's dad. Frustrating. And, and so I definitely understand the importance of supporting our veterans. Yep. And I always want to support our veterans. Um, yep. But unfortunately, in this, unfortunately, in this market, it's sellers are king of the castle, they right? Right now. And they know it. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to change. It will change. It always changes. However, you know, trying as a realtor in their defense, trying to get a realtor to understand these things yep. and want to, and have their seller want to, you know, I mean, they're, they're like, let's just take it off MLS and we'll put it back on in, in a week and yeah. start, you know, put it $50,000 more than what we had it on the market for in the first place. Right. 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 So it, it's, I, I think that, if we can educate our realtors on how to help smooth some of these pathways, yes. um, then we're, we're providing the value we need to provide, right? It's them having to deal with these with the seller. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard about some ridiculous stories. People. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, I, I think it comes down to, you know, the, the, real, the, the selling agent needs to really educate their sellers. You know, like, like you said, you know, hey, if you're doing a... If you've got a loan that will pass as a VA or FHA loan or anything like that, don't just table the, you know, the FHA or the VA loans um, because, I mean, they're all going to come out the same. Yep. You know, you're either going to be qualified or you're not. Right. So, I, you know, the, all the terminations and just yep. all the hair on fire oh, yeah. reactions, <laughs> you know, yep, it's sure. really hard to just, you know, they want to take top offer. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but I have a realtor client who says we hardly ever take the top offer yep. because we take the best offer, not right, the highest right. price yes. offer, right? I think that's great. And so I think part of your job is communicating yep. with the listing agent, reassuring them that this buyer is going to make it to the closing table, yep. making sure that you're offering support to them whenever they need it, right? As yep. much as you can disclose, of course. Oh, sure. But also walking them through, especially our younger, yep. less seasoned listing yes. agents yes. of what that actually looks like as far as the loan process and conventional versus some of these oh, yeah. other products, yeah. right? And so I imagine you guys are going through a pretty big struggle right now Ooh. trying to oh, yeah. get it's, those things it's moving. Rough. You know, yeah. I had I had a true story last week that kind of broke my heart. You got a situation where a young lady's approved and um, we, we've got her approved. If I look at it as a double barrel shotgun. She's got, she's approved FHA and she's approved conventional. Okay. And why did we do that? Because of what you're alluding to. And when I contacted the listing agent and said, Hey, I know we're making an offer of, you know, they're making an offer about 18 over, over list. Um, I just wanted, you know, went through the process. Hey, they're approved up front. They've already been underwritten, all these things. I said, uh, you know, this is, this is a single mother who's also raising her grandmother that's moving in at the later years of his life. And I just wanted you aware of what kind of character this buyer is. And the listing agent had to admit and said, you know, what's sad is, is that there were days that that mattered. She said, but today it doesn't. I've got a seller that doesn't care. All, he, all they're looking for is X. Yeah. So what we had to do is get creative. So we came back and I shared that with the buyer's agent. And they redid their offer and amended it. Uh, put a, they put higher uh, option money onto the contract. Sure. They gave more in earnest money. Yep. And they removed their financing addendum requirement, meaning, okay. you know, the turn time for that yep. option period. Yep. And it totally changed everything because it showed the commitment up front, how much cash this person actually had to make the deal work. Yeah, yeah. And there were different reasons why they were approved for FHA, FHA and there were different reasons why they could have gone conventional. It really had nothing to do with the loan to value. But at the end of the day, um, you know, me at least sharing that story isn't sharing too much. It just shows, you know, we like to share character because mm -hmm. character goes a long way. It, sure. It's not just about an approval. And I think that if we can tie into that emotion of that listing agent, that listing agent's job is just like having a representative in the NFL, right? Or, or being their agent. I mean, that's what being their agent is. And their agent really has a tough job right now because they're getting so many offers. But the listing agents that really, really fight when they see the good deal are the ones that I'm seeing are, that are being successful because they're given that opportunity to the buyer's agent, maybe to tweak that offer just a little bit to get it past that cash deal. Because what's happening is there are listing agents that are getting burned because they're not, they're taking the cash deal and they're not confirming the assets. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then this deal is fake and it shows up and it's like either a straw buyer or, the, oh, well, I should have looked at that in the first place. And then they're calling us back going, hey, is your deal still available? Sure, but now we've got the terms, right? We sure. kind of got control over that situation. So we're seeing that as well, sadly, uh, where a lot of these cash buyers are really not cash buyers. They, they don't even have, they don't have half the assets that they wanted or they can't get them released in time. I've had more, yeah, I've had more agents call me when they're 10 days out from closing going, can you close us in the next 15 days? We can't pull, you know, my seller, I'm sorry, my cash buyer can't pull them, their money out of their bank in time or they can't get it from across seas. Sure. It's just a madness right now. It's, so. it's, it's insane. I mean, yeah. I, I, everybody that's part of the real estate transaction right now, I mean, I it's said, nuts. hair on fire, your hair is on fire, yeah. right? We're all just trying to navigate the waters yeah. and help. We just have to be creative. Sure. And I think that's a big point in what you said all, you know, is, you know, this FHA buyer, conventional buyer, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's showing the proof that this person can get to the closing table, mm -hmm. right? Because you're right, and there are a lot it. of cash offers that aren't even real offers because right. they're overseas people that weren't just, really 
even people. I right. mean, we've had some realtors, it. yeah, I mean, go under contract and poof, this buyer goes away all of a sudden okay. and they're under contract and they're like, it's been three weeks. I can't get all the buyer. They're, they're not real. Correct. Right. And so I think just kind of really being a little bit more methodical, yes. if we can take the time to kind of yes. slow down is really important so that we do we do accomplish the goal, which is a seller selling the house and a buyer buying the house, yep. right? I agree. So let's talk about um, another one that I'm, I'm getting a lot about is I've got a lot of realtor friends that have been looking at online lenders lately because their interest rate's lower than your interest rate, right? But is it really? No. <laughs> did you see what I sent you the other day? Why don't you allude to that, please? And we yeah. don't need to mention names. Don't mention okay. any names. We Just... can mention LHM all day long mm -hmm. because we're proud of what we do and what we quote. But yes, explain why online lending, Leo, is a constant battle for us. So, so something I, I actually had this come up uh, about two weeks ago. Someone came to me with an online lender deal and was like, hey, Leo, can you match this? Mm -hmm. You know, we've already sent over the loan estimate. We've already explained, hey, this is, you know, we educate our clients on what we talked about discount points and things like that, right? And I went in and took a look, took a look at their rate. And a lot of people don't think about the fine print. Uh, what fine print? There's, we have to read? <laughs> we what do you read mean? It. We, we have to read? read? We actually have to read. Uh, Nobody reads? So I actually went in and I looked at this loan estimate and I said, well, you know, yeah, you may be getting a that 3.25% rate, which is super low now. Um, I know it's lower than average right now for the rates. And I looked at their origination cost. Mm -hmm. You know, those origination fees... Please, whatever you do, if you are looking at loan estimates from an online lender, look at the origination fees. Um, I noticed this person, and that was actually a veteran, and they were getting charged 1%, and then they also had discount points. Mm -hmm. Well, so if you look at a $400,000 home, mm -hmm. and you've got 1% in origination fees, you're already looking at four grand. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you're paying another point, for discount points or point and a half, you're already looking at almost ten thousand dollars, like eighty five hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. um, so, I always tell everyone, you know, not only that, but the difference between an online lender and you working with either your agent's preferred lender or a local lender, um, you're not going to get the same service. You know, you're you're talking about like going to a wholesale dealer. And I, no offense to any wholesalers out there. I love my wholesalers. <laughs> but then you also have, you know, the the people that care about you, not today, but also tomorrow. Right? Sure. And that's what I have to explain to everyone. That's, that's how I run mm -hmm. my team. We're not just here for you today, but I've got clients that are still coming to me from five, six years ago yep. that I, I did a, a loan for them, you know, a little signature loan back before I even got into mortgages. Right. Um, and there's a reason because they know, hey, if I've got a question, I know I can pick up my phone and I can call Leo or anyone on his team and they're going to help me out, whether it's, you know, hey, how do I remove PMI? Um, hey, I just got this in the mail. Is this is this legit? You know, right. you, got those, you get a lot of that you mail. Those little mailers, yeah. You know, uh, hey, yeah, we're going <laughs> to offer you this if you refinance your home. Sure. With us. Um, so and then not only that, but, you know, when you go to an online lender and say you're making an offer on that, on your dream home. Sellers look at that, you know, list, listing agents, they look at that. They see, oh, hey, this is an online lender, but we've got a, a local lender here. I know I've worked with this lender before, or hey, you know, someone on in their uh, brokerage may have worked with them before. They know that those local lenders can get loans done fast. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of touch base on what, you know, Stephen was talking about. What we do is we approve our clients up front. When you go to a online lender, all you're doing is just most of the time they'll send you a pre-approval. Pre-qual letter. Yeah. Well, they'll send you a pre-approval oh, okay. without even getting documents from you. Yeah. We've if, seen it. Which means it, nothing. Yes. It's not 100% of the time, but it's majority yeah. of the time. But it still means nothing. The pre-qual right. letter to me means nothing. It's, it's, it's just nothing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I saw a college kid made. straight out of college, 23, yeah. 24 years old, got pre-approved for $600,000 loan. I'm like, yeah. that's not real. <laughs> well, what do you mean you can't use my bonus? You've been on the job four months. Yeah. Uh, he know. didn't even have a job. Yeah. So before that, I was like, you were in college. Yeah. You know? That's not real. <laughs> no. Hello. 
Yeah. So, so on that, you know, we, we go through and we actually vet out our, our clients before they even make those offers. You know, the agents I work with, they know, Hey, whenever Leo sends over a pre-approval, that's an approval. Yeah. But now we're actually sending out those approval letters because we, we got our clients to know the difference between a pre-qual and an approval. Yeah. When you go through underwriting, when you send over those documents to me, you're not just getting a pre-qualification. Sure. Right. You're getting the assurance now that, hey, whenever I, you know, I had a client recently just put $20,000 in earnest money up. And, Ooh, and a lot of money. That's, that's a lot, a lot of, money. of money. You know, and the reason why they did that is because they already had the confidence in us right. as their local lender, the agent's preferred lender, that they know if they make that offer, nothing is going to fall through. Right. Yeah. And we close that deal in 15 days. Perfect. And you know, the other thing to touch to that, I've got friends that run, just like I run uh, the you know, our, our North Texas area here and our team. Um, I've got friends that actually run some of these online lenders, right? They get leads from all these different sources, Costco, just different situations. Mo majority of these online lenders are lead-based lenders. Not They're sure. not relationship-based lenders. Right. That's all we do. I don't pay for one lead. Yeah. Leo doesn't pay for one lead. Matter of fact, if, if I wake up today um, and do not work, I will not have loans to close in a few more days. That's the way I tell myself every day. Mm -hmm. I can assure you that, and I've run call centers and God love them. They're a great place for people to get started. <clears throat> you get what you pay for. And what you don't get is you don't get a situation where, for example, we tell our partners, it's not just the Leo and Steven show or, you know, the Philip show or the Chris show, right? We have people that are literally dedicated on our team. I have an assistant that literally is dedicated to doing nothing, but making sure that once I'm done with the front end analysis, that their job is to make sure that everything is attacked and um, jumped on immediately. And they're personally dedicated mm -hmm. to that particular transaction. Every transaction I do has a personal operations person assigned to that transaction. Now, if there were online lenders here, they may want to argue and say, well, I've got a processor. Yeah, in a different state. Sure, yeah. You don't have a person. And it's probably not the same one every no. time you submit a loan. No, and, and <laughs> I'm talking about a person that literally, that I help pay for on a monthly basis to make sure that that dedication is there. They're a buffer between yeah. processing and sales. They are there to make sure that the partner is updated, that the listing agent is updated, that the title company is updated, that the buyers are updated. And they're dedicated. And Leo's got his own as well. So as he's grown, we will add those staff. Key components. Key components. Yeah. Because Leo and I couldn't do our jobs, right? I understand. We can't make it rain. We can't be here doing these things if we don't have people back at the office supporting it. I've asked a million times, how do you run your call center, my friend, when <clears throat> your, all your operations staff is in another state? He goes, oh, I'm just used to it. Well, how do you control it? Well, I can't. It control, you know, it tells me what I can do. Yeah. Well, guess what? That'll never happen with us at yeah. LHM Financial. We will never be told how it can happen. We will let everyone know how we can get it executed. And that's a huge difference between having an online lender and having a local lender. You get what you pay for. And you're well, going to pay for a service that's higher. It's just like going to Nordstrom's or you can go to Target. I mean, I think kind of to your point is if, you, you know, online lender versus local lender, difference in interest rates, you mm -hmm. know, points, that sort of thing. It, you're probably, with all the hidden fees, going to be paying more yes. than your local lender, right? And have but, less communication. But I think also one of the most important parts during the real estate transaction, because there are hiccups that happen, yes. is the fact that I can pick up the phone and call you directly. And guess what? You're going to answer the phone or you're going to text me. You're going to call me right back. You're exactly but right. I can connect with you. Seven Whereas days a week. I don't have to call an 800 phone number. No. I don't have to dial through extensions. I don't have to wait on hold. That's I don't. Correct. I know who I'm talking to. It's yes. the same person every time. So with these finance buyers in this market, that level of service is super key to getting financed offers accepted, yes. right? Yes. And helping that the real, helping the realtors understand that that this isn't just some 
out in the wind, mm -hmm. hanging around transaction that you guys are able to, first of all, understand the local market, right? understand the urgency of what's happening here. You're completely reachable, right? You're yep. relationship, you're re relationship driven, Correct. right? And so, and, and that you actually really care about your buyers, yes. your clients. And so, you know, I connect with that on a lot of levels because how I've always worked my business is with, uh, with whatever company mm -hmm. that I'm with, I'm very blessed to be with lawyers now, but you know, it's, it's, this is a relationship business. And right. so adding value and connecting with your clients and making sure that they understand that you're here to help them mm -hmm. is, is always going to win you the business and the permanent relationship mm -hmm. over somebody that, you know, so you submitted a quote, you know, you get a quote online and you don't read the fine print <laughs> and right. your mortgage payment is way higher than you expected it. And so there's a lot of, with these, with these buyers constraining themselves so much financially, yes. um, some of these things that we're talking about are real pitfalls to a problem in yeah. our market um, and them not being able to support themselves in this new house that they bought. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, you're exactly right. And, and, Something that, that I take pleasure in is one of the best compliments we can get is when I might send a text to the agent, as I always do when I get a contract. And I just, you know, maybe a day or maybe a couple of days, but we try to let them know, hey, title's been ordered or, hey, the appraisal's been ordered. Sure. Here's the due date, right? You know, I sent a little note last night helping my assistant who was busy with something else, but we happened to get an update from the appraisal vendor. So I'd sent a note to the buyer's agent and uh, said, hey, I'll give you a call. I'm, I'm tied up today till about noon. I'll give you a call tomorrow afternoon, but I just wanted to thank you again for another opportunity to get, to get this particular couple closed, which is a repeat client. And she said, I haven't worried about it yeah, since great. we sent the contract to you. Sure. I know you've got this handled. And that is uh, probably the greatest compliment right that you can get is when your agent gets to a point to where they know the contract's going over to team timmons and they don't have to worry about it sure and that's that's huge um because getting lost in the black hole of the 800 numbers and all this that and the other is it, it is very difficult mm -hmm. um and you know these online lenders compensate their quality of loan officer um, much differently. And that plays a big role into why they may see lower rates. But I'm, I'll say it again, and I'm a firm believer, 29 years in this business, you'd get what you pay for. Sure. So I'm going to shift gears on you guys a little bit because sure. there's another topic I want to cover before we wrap up today. Okay. And that is getting first-time homebuyers into homes. So sure. <clears throat> that's one of the reasons I specifically wanted you on the show, Leo, is because I've watched as our relationship has grown, your care with working with first-time home buyers, and that's something that you really promote on your social media too, is your success success stories with getting first-time home buyers into homes. So, will you just kind of quickly lay out just, and we'll revisit each one, right. but just kind of lay out what the steps are to, that you go through getting a first-time home buyer into a home? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so the way that we we work we work at my team is a lot of times, you know, a first-time home buyer will come preferred to us from one of our agents. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're not working with an agent before you come to a lender, then um, then you need to reach out to a lender first. Um, a lot of times, you know, everybody looks at the, the realtors first because what's what's more sexy? The homes are, right? Sure. Financing. I want to go see homes. <laughs> yes. I want to go see granite, yeah, yeah. beautiful bathtubs. We don't do things, anything right? important. We just, <laughs> we just give people money to buy a house. Yeah. You know, Let's go look at houses. Yeah. So, but right uh, now that means standing in a two-hour line with yeah, the, <laughs> wrapped around the house. Yes. But anyway, go ahead. So, so yeah. So, if you're, if you're working with an agent, more than likely you're going to get sent over to their preferred lender. Sure. We hope it's us. But if not, hey, you know, no big deal, right? But at least you're going to a lender. If you're not working with an agent first, then go to a lender. Um, and then what happens is with us, what we do is we go on a consultation uh, with our clients, find out, okay, what are their goals in life? It's not even just about the financing. Right. You know, because when we were talking about discount points, you know, is discount paying discount points going to be good for everyone? No, it's not. Um, so what we'll do is we'll go on a consultation with that client. We'll talk about, you know, their goals in life with their financing, what they're 
what their um, uh, goals are with this property, if it's going to be a primary, second home investment, whatever it may be. Um, then after that, what we're going to do is we're going to start working on that pre-qualification. Yep. Um, and, you know, hey, whenever we start working into pre-qualification, you know, we got to we got to run credit. We got to look at all those other things like employment and things like that. Uh, based on if your credit, if we can get you pre-qualified or pre-approved, uh, we'll go on a call about that as well. Um, well, before, let me interject, okay, because I have a question. Um, so let's talk about credit. Okay. And especially as it relates to first-time homebuyers, right? They may, ha do they have a lot of credit? <laughs> what is, and what, it, what is, you know, it, it's a great question. what is the point in which you decide that they need some credit help, right, to really boost up their number? Obviously, we know there's credit minimums for buying houses or yeah. actually achieving sure, financing, yeah. right? Sure. And so talk to me about, about credit problems that come up with first-time homebuyers. Yeah, so... Oh, let me rephrase. Okay. Not problems, challenges. Challenges. <laughs> yeah. little, little obstacles we can always overcome. Correct. Right? It's called a challenge. Um, so whenever I talk to a client, a lot of times, you know, they may say, oh, well, you know, hey, I'm trying to build my credit up. Okay, well, where's your credit score at? You know, because you can get into a home with a 580 credit score, the FHA. 580. 580, yep. and, 580 and higher. Um, okay. Now you can actually do, you can purchase a home with less, but it's gonna take a lot more money down. Yeah, yeah. 10%, uh, 10%, usually usually it's 10%. 10% is a you big go to, number for a I mean, I, home buyer though. We closed a guy last year, 515 FICO, on an FHA with 10% down. Yeah. Do most first time home buyers have 10% down? Uh, No. No, Yeah. but the parents do. Okay. Sometimes you have to ask them for that. My dad, I can tell you what my dad would have said <laughs> yeah. right now. If I'd asked him for 10% down, you're going to be yeah. living in an yeah. apartment for a while, honey. Yeah. Our job is not to be bashful. That's right. We have to uncover every rock. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so. if you want to get this house, this These is what the you can <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, 580 and higher, you can get into a, into a property with as little as 3.5% down. Yeah, okay. You know, for FHA. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of those things we have that discussion with because – you know, does it really matter to get into a house at 580 or 640? Yeah, if you go to a 640, your rate's probably going to be lower. Yeah. More likely, it will be. Um, but the cost of waiting, no one thinks about the cost of waiting. I agree with that. Um, would you rather get into a house now, go ahead and start building that equity, or wait yep. a year because, you know, every everybody's different. Yep. It may take you a year to get to that 640 or 660. Um and then what's going to happen is what what's happening right now. Cost of houses are going to increase. That's right. Well, and the cost of rent is and, and, skyrocketing. Is, yes. I'm an, I'm a landlord, so I'm okay yeah. with it. Well, and, and, <laughs> and those, and no offense, but those tenants of yours pay 100% rate. 100%. They're, yeah. they're not building anything. So having a rate of four and a quarter is pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and rates, you know, right now, uh, I had a client recently reach out to me. They're like, well, hey, you know, I'm trying to get to... A seven hundred, so my rate to be lower. Okay, well, if you're six fifty right now, honestly, what's going to happen is these rates are continuing. Yeah, to you're rise. not gaining any ground. So what's going to happen is when you get to that seven hundred, guess what? Yeah, your rate's going to be the same exactly. Correct. Same exact amount it is right now. So we have to have that discussion with them and let them know that you know don't wait around for rates. Don't wait around for your credit to go up if you can get into a house right now. So five eighty going up. Um, you know, one of the things that I see every once in a while is whenever clients are first time home buyers, they're having, they're, they're late on their current debts. Uh -huh. One number of key things to do is make sure when you come to us and you're applying for that home loan, make sure that all your debts are on time, you know, make sure that you're not 60 days late on a car loan. You know, those are the things that, I mean, we're just going to tell you, hey, in order to improve your credit scores, it may take this long, but what you really need to do is just make sure your debts are on time. Mm -hmm. What? You have to pay your bills on <laughs> time? Oh, pay yeah. your bills on time. Is there, um, I hear, I've heard this before, but I don't really, um, I've never really like analyzed it with my own credit, mm -hmm. is uh, paying off credit cards versus maintaining some sort of a balance. Look, I, you can't talk me into maintaining some sort of balance on my credit cards, okay? Right. They have 21% interest rate. They it do. ain't happening, okay? I'm paying those suckers <laughs> off do. every month. Yes. But there is some sort of logic with credit scoring, yes. credit balances. So can you explain that to everyone? Yeah. So, so 
you know, what everyone in the, the industry says, you know, not not the mortgage industry, but uh, if you're if you've got a credit card with cap one, right, you know, they're going to tell you, hey, keep a 30 percent balance on there. No, that's that's not the golden rule for whenever I talk with my clients, your golden their golden nugget to get a better credit score is actually trying to keep that balance between five and 10%. Okay, I'm out too. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's but, not easy to do. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's just takes Do you just get of, more credit cards? Oh, that I, work? that's what I was about to say. I had one client say that go, should I just get like 15 credit yeah, cards? Yeah, it works. Sounds great. A little bit at a time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, for No, it all adds up. Hello. One big pile. Yeah. So, yeah, so five to 10% yeah. is really a a really good gauge marker to actually improve your scores a little bit sure. more. Uh, when you got, when you, when you're up above 30 to 50%, you're going to see a decrease in your credit score. I always get the, uh, what is it? Too high a balance yes. <laughs> no, on revolving yeah. credit. Yeah. You know, that's on my credit report every time. I'm like, Hey man, I can't do anything about it. Oh, so, you're, you're <laughs> I want the point. I want the airline points. Yeah, okay. They're more important. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just don't pay your house payment with your credit card. <laughs> can you even do that? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they, yes, you can. Sure. I don't know that I would try. Servicing that. will always find a way to Okay. People's money. And, anyway, different subject. We digress. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, okay. So, and I love the part about addressing credit because it's important. I feel, well, but, you know, we were all young once, right? And right. we all thought we knew everything mm -hmm. about everything. And then you hit a yeah. point in your life where you figure out you don't know anything well, about anything. And so this, you know, the younger generation, I think is yes. it, you know, and they're the millennials and the generation Z, they, they're buying houses, right? Yes. Finally, the millennials are starting to buy, yes. you know, are buying yeah. houses that happened maybe what, five, five, yeah. four or five years years ago when they started buying houses. So, you know, I think having these conversations about the reality of teeing yourself up yeah. to be successful when you're ready to buy a home is, is a very big concern, yeah. right? Having that money down. And what does that actually look like in the price point of the house that you're looking yeah. like? Understanding that lower income housing, i.e. 200,000 is, you got, you're going out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I'm going to say and this so too. It there's a lot of me. When the buyers come to us and then they go cold turkey yeah. and you call them and say, what's going on? We were in a great conversation, had a great plan going. Well, I've just decided we're not ready. We're just not ready. We either want to save up more money to put more down to stay away from PMI, which is not necessarily the right, right thing. Yeah. Like Leo said, assets are increasing, yeah. right? Rates may well, be higher. Refine it's not, that right. PMI. It's yes. not about you know? that. And sometimes it may take another five to seven years before they're ready. Yeah. So they're going to keep paying 100% to a landlord and rate, right? That's number one. Or number two, well, let me go pay off these debts and I'll get back with you. Well, why are you telling me what, what debts you're going to pay off when you have no idea <laughs> that paying off those debts is not going to do anything? Well, I'm going to pay off all my medical. Well, guess what? That's not going to help. Yeah. So our job is to not be afraid to sit down with that particular client, potential client, and say, look, Here's what I advise, because it's a part of our service. We provide that service. We don't make these people sign a contract with us up front to say they're going to be our client and we're going to be their lender. We have to earn it every step of the way as a lender. And so there's a lot of going back to online lenders. They're not going to take the time. They're going to see a, a 525 FICO and go next. We're going to put those people in a plan to help them get their scores up. We're gonna introduce them to different companies that we may partner with that we don't own, but we have good relationships with that can help them get into improving their credit scores and paying down the right debts because it's all a mathematical equation that's well over our education platform. You know, we can run particular services that tell that client, okay, if you do X, Y, and Z, your score could go up 64 basis points, but it may not be what the buyer's thinking but yet the buyer's telling us what they think is right. And that's when we do have to do our job and sometimes can, can we don't want to rub them the wrong way, but we have to say, I hear you, but let's take your scenario and run it through my module and let's see what it does. Sure. Oh, and guess what? It did nothing, but let's run it through the way I tell you to. Oh, wow. You just went up 76 basis yeah. points. Yeah. That's when, if they're willing to listen, that's when the light bulbs will go off sure. and they'll say, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about or lady. And, that's when we earn their trust. And that's when the referring partners or referring builders that use us can sleep at night because they know that we don't issue the word no. We actually educate why we can't and when we can. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Well, and Leo, I think I've watched you nurture some 
clients for quite a long time just mm -hmm. trying to get them ready to yes. purchase their first home. And so, okay, so we're, we've addressed the credit, right? So what's next? So what we do, uh, Stephen kind of brushed up on this earlier, we front load everything. Um, you know, because we don't just believe in a pre-qualification. We don't just believe in a pre-approval. Right now to win offers is approvals. You mean front load as in put them through, yes. completely through underwriting. Yeah, so what Which we, I think any any skilled lender is already, we're all, you are all having to do that, right? Yes. So, you, I mean, there's people that you, you don't even send out into looking for a house until they're completely through underwriting correct. because that's just the market that we're in, correct. right? Yeah. So... so yeah, so what we do is we grab all their documents, mm -hmm. you know, if they're W-2 or if they're self-employment. Uh, what we do is we go through and vet out everything, and we send them straight into underwriting uh, once we have their, their home loan profile. Um, you know, so something I always get asked is, you know, hey, how long is this going to take? Mm -hmm. As know, long as it takes. It, it's going to take as long as... <laughs> You work with us, sure. right? So, you know, you I've got some partner. clients that they like to provide everything up front. Sure. You know, those are the, that that's the buyers that we all need to have in this market. Mm -hmm. um, because if you, if you waste time, you just lost, you lost an offer. Well, and I think, you know, the things that people don't really understand is you need to know where your tax returns are. Two years of tax returns. Yes. You need to know where your 1099 or your W, whatever, all the, all the things. Yeah, all the tax forms. I can't with all the tax yep. forms, but <laughs> I have so many tax forms. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Um, but you need to know, you need to have, you know, proof of rent paid on time, your good credit. So there's all this checklist of documents that you need to have put in, mm -hmm. in order in, it, to submit to underwriting so that you can get fully yes. qualified. Correct. Right. Yep. And the other piece to that is, is that there's a lot of shortcuts to that. Particular buyers that are yes. W-2 may not need tax returns. That's right. We can do what's called an automatic um, job verification that comes directly from a third party source that parties with Fannie Mae and Freddie. And when we run that approval, sometimes we only need a driver's license. Yeah. I just and the job verification. Oh, that's really, and that's really cool. It. Yeah. That's and you're cool. done. That's yeah, very cool. I just closed one just like that. Yeah. Just this week. They had a they had that approval. Uh where literally they're like, Hey, do we need to, you know, provide this or this? No, I don't I don't need that. Yeah. yeah I've already got you verified. Well, I didn't even provide it. Which well, goes back to what I said in the beginning about the contracts. Yeah. That's why they're that's why the agents don't have to put a long term financing uh option period. Because I mean, when we call and say, Look, your client's approved, all they got they just don't need to change their job. So we educate them. Yeah, don't buy a card. Don't yeah, buy a refrigerator. Yeah. Don't teach your job. We have to go through a lot of the do's <laughs> yeah. and don'ts. Yeah. And when they do decide to still do a don't, um, it can affect that approval. Yeah. Well, guys, um, I think that we're going to probably have to stop here for yeah. today. But I think the, the last really big piece to leave with you guys after the client gets through the underwriting process is having that lender that's really going to be with you by your side by your buyer side and then major communication with the listing agent to help them understand how qualified the buyer is to get into the home, right? Yep. Thank you guys for joining me on Thank another episode of Filling the LT. Always a pleasure to see you guys. Make sure that you go onto all of our social media platforms. Make sure you like, share, comment, post, do videos, because that's always part of my conversation. <laughs> and of course, make it a great day. We'll see you next time.